Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, and this is episode 72 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, the Eric Cole edition. And uh, I'm pleased to be joined in studio, as always, by my fantastic co-host, the Eric Cole to my Matthew Carl, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, Rick? I'm doing great. Um, what a great time of the year. It's always kind yeah. of, you know, they say that, that the World Juniors is, is the best time of the year. And, 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 you know, for a lot of reasons it is. But the trade deadline is, yeah. is especially good. And uh, this, this is our our uh, trade deadline uh, special episode uh, spectacular. And you mentioned Eric Cole. Eric Cole, of course, was um, also a trade deadline. That would be, I think, let me see here. Yes, that would be trade deadline number one for Mark Bergevin. Yeah. Uh, That would be the, that would be the 2013 season. Um, And uh, he traded on the trade deadline, Eric Cole, Eric Cole yep. to uh, the Dallas stars, uh, getting back Michael Ryder and uh, a third round pick that third round pick, uh, a friend of ours, friend of the show, Connor Crisp. Um, oh, wow. So there, yeah, let's, uh, let's start. This. You made the, the, the uh, uh, Eric Cole reference. So I'll just tie it yeah. in a bow. Uh, yeah, for our trade deadline uh, edition, we call it um, we call it the Canadians Connection Podcast. You just made all sorts of connections there. From Eric <laughs> Cole, you wound up with Connor Crisp. I mean, trade deadline, you you tied everything in there perfectly. That was that was incredibly well done. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it is the most wonderful time of the year. And this, I mean, this trade deadline leading up to tr- the trade deadline, we're going to talk about man, a whole bunch of moves that have already went down. We go back to last Sunday. There was a big deal between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the uh, and the New Jersey Devils. We're going to talk about that trade and a whole bunch of others, including a couple of trades from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we're going to get to that in the second segment. Um, before we get to the trade deadline, uh, part of this trade deadline special, uh, we'll talk about the games that the Montreal Canadiens played uh, this past week, and it started last week, um, a game against the Dallas Stars at home, and uh, it was it was a wild one, folks. And uh, Claude Julian, after the game, fined ten thousand dollars for criticism of officials, uh, and there was a heated exchange between Gallagher and Morton. All of the and and referee Dean Morton, excuse me. All of this overshadowing the fact that the Montreal Canadiens blew a three goal lead to a four three overtime loss. Uh, Tyler Sagan with the uh, the dagger that was the OT winner into the hearts of the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. And uh, yeah, there were some calls that the Canadians didn't like, some non-calls they didn't like. And uh, yeah, Dean Morton 
heard it from Brendan Gallagher and gave a little bit in his, in, in his return. Uh, so it was uh, not, it was a very, it was an emotional Saturday night. Uh, not a great Saturday night for the Montreal Canadiens, um, but they moved on and they played the Detroit Red Wings, the league worst Detroit Red Wings. And the Montreal Canadiens blew a 3-1 lead in that one. Um, their fourth loss to Detroit, a season sweep at the hands of not just the worst team this year, but an historically bad team. They are the first team since the 1995-1996 Senators to be eliminated from playoff contention in their 63rd game. That is the earliest elimination since 1996. Keep that in mind. The Montreal Canadiens lost all four games to a team with the earliest playoff elimination since 1996. <laughs> and um, that team was the Ottawa yeah. Senators, and we know how bad yes. that, that particular team was back then. Early, early years, Ottawa Senators, just a couple of years into their existence. So that's just how bad this Detroit Red Wings team is, and the Montreal Canadiens blew a 3-1 lead and uh, gave up three unanswered in the, in the third period. Uh, it was not a pretty night, um, sort of over, overshadowing the fact that they did get returns from, from one Shea Weber and, and Paul Byron, who we will be discussing in just a moment. Uh, but they clued it all up with a 4-3 to three overtime win over the Washington Capitals because the Montreal Canadiens are very weird. Uh, ben Chirot scored two <laughs> goals, uh, including the OT winner, and uh, remember back to the first game after the All-Star break when they lost to an Alexander Ovechkin-less Washington Capitals team? They get a little bit of revenge when they head down uh, to Washington, and uh, they, they, held, they held Alex Ovechkin to 699 career goals. So they'll take that, and they'll take the two points and head out of there um, and cap off a very emotional, strange week for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Rick, I mean, what was your biggest takeaway from this week? Boy, it, it seems like, you know, um, a whole month worth worth of, of, of news stories came out of uh, this past week. Um, and as you said, it was it was it was just weird. It was odd. It was yeah. <laughs> um, bizarre. It was a roller coaster, as we talked about right from the beginning of the season. We We talked about that that's. Um, that's what was going to happen. And, and you have Ben Sherratt, uh going from being absolutely dreadful against the Red Wings in a minus three and then scores two goals against Washington. Um, you know, one of the one, one plays terribly against one of the worst against the worst team and um, and very well against one of the best teams. Um, just very odd. Um, and, uh, you know, that that. You think about that that record against uh, Detroit. Also, you know these are two original six teams, yeah. um, and this is the very. You think of all the the games they've played and the season series that they've played. This is the first season, the very first season that the Detroit Red Wings have swept the Canadians in a, in a, in a regular season series um, when they played four games. That's that's incredible to me. Uh, with yeah. you know one team having been established in in 1909, the other in uh, 1926, I think um, it's remarkable. It, I mean, and it just speaks to to 
to the crazy season that, that the Canadians have had. Um, the other takeaway, I guess, would be uh, Claude Julian, and maybe we'll uh, circle back to him a little bit later in the program. But uh, my goodness, the, the quotes that came out of not only the, the ones that got him fined, but the ones that yeah. kind of, um, you know, dug the moat a little bit deeper and wider between him and his players. Um, it, it was quite a, uh, and, and then some strange um, uh, lineup decisions. And it was, it was a particularly bad week, I'd say for, uh, the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and we will get to that. But before we do, so one subplot of this season for the Montreal Canadiens, one of the things that people point to as a reason why the Montreal Canadiens are where they are right now is injuries. And, you know, we've talked about that. Montreal hasn't had it as bad as other teams in terms of man games lost, but they certainly the the injury bug bit them a little bit more with the loss of Victor Meta and Xavier Ouellette, um, both currently injured, not going to play tonight. And uh, it'll, it'll remains to be seen just how long they'll be without the service of those two. But Shea Weber, an improbable return after a four to six week prognosis on a high ankle sprain. He comes back in less than a week to play against the Detroit Red Wings. They get Paul Byron back as well. Uh, to make room for him, they had to send down Jake Evans, who was playing some really good hockey. And uh, just last night, Carl Alsner was recalled on an emergency basis. Um, so, I mean, I think the big story here, uh, I don't uh, actually the big story here, is Shea Weber returning. Um, so he said that the swelling has gone down, that he feels comfortable enough to go out there and play hockey. But, I mean, this is a very interesting decision to come to at this juncture for the Montreal Canadiens with even though Claude Julien and Mark Bergevin are not going to shut the door on the playoffs it is getting far more you know unlikely by the day and to play Shea Weber potentially with you know a, a nagging ankle injury this is a very interesting decision, and uh, you hope it's not rooted in, in that sort of a desperation to get into the playoffs. Am I, am I fair in saying that, Rick? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no <laughs> chance of, of them um, getting into the playoffs. And, and yeah. um, you know, whether it's, whether it's uh, Shea Weber or whether it's Carey Price, um, it's, it's, it's up to the team uh, to manage workload here, to manage the injury situations. Um, and, um, you know, we, we were told that he would be out four to six weeks. Um, and so, okay, if he comes back, you know, three and a half weeks after three and a half, it would be amazing yeah. and we'd all be, but to come back after uh, four to six days, um, yep. and, and, you know, he, he skated on his own for two days and, and announced that, that, that he wasn't a hundred percent, but, um, it, it didn't feel so bad. And, and besides he wanted to be part of it, whatever the team was going through, whether it was playoffs or what he wanted to be part of it. And, you know, I commend him. I come, it, it, it talks, it speaks volumes about why he is the captain. He is the leader. Uh, and he's the the right choice for that. But my goodness, there's got to be somebody in the room that says, you know, is this such a good idea? Um, yeah. 
is this really a good idea? Uh, we we need Shea Weber next season and the season after that. And and I know they said there's there's little chance of of him um, making the injury worse by playing. But but everybody knows that that when you have an injury, um, you kind of compensate in some way. And, yes. And and that exposes you to other types of potentially yeah. uh, injuries. And I I just. I don't, I don't like this at all. Um, you know, uh, I, I didn't like Gallagher coming back soon from, from his concussion. Um, I, I, I just don't see in this kind of situation um, what the point is in having Shea Weber out there. And you also have to keep in mind who Shea Weber is and what he's been through in his career because Shea Weber is the guy that when you go back to the late 2000s early 2010s he went through some battles in the western conference uh, you know just just going through the regular season and into the playoffs he's man he's got some city miles he's, just, he's got some miles on that but it's not it's not highway miles they're city miles he has battled teams and and played that physical style that they did in in, in the early part of the 2010s out west he has been through a lot and we already know that because he's been injured in his time here. And it, it's, it's incredibly risky. As you say, you compensate when you were injured. So even though that ankle might not get worse or that leg might not get worse, maybe the other one does, you don't know. It's always best to be cautious in this, in this scenario, but especially given the importance of Shea Weber to this organization, he is the captain. He is the guy that you rely upon to play big minutes night in, night out. So to potentially risk not having him around next season when that should probably be where the focus goes after, you know, a very up and down season this year, I, I think that, yeah, it is, it is very risky to be, to be doing this. Um, and and, and do we forget, yeah. do, do we forget what happened the week before? Um, because this, it was just like, Ooh, Oh, I dodged a bullet there. Um, it it's only an ankle sprain. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. but the everybody was worried, including the team, uh, that this injury was connected to uh, was was a, a tendon injury and was connected to uh, the foot surgery. That's the that's the reason he went to Green Bay uh, yeah. to the foot specialist. Um, so what? I mean, what's the real? I, I just. Uh, it, it boggles the mind <laughs> that uh, they would they would go this route, and and I know I know they don't want any kind of uh, signal um, to fans that the 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 season's over, and um, you know that, that clearly when um, when when they're putting out uh, uh, um, emails to their their season ticket holders. Um, that um, this past week that they're, they're cre- uh, Jeff Molson says that, uh, you know, sent out an email to season ticket holders that um, they're, they're taking some boxes and, and, and kind of uh, downsizing and creating a new VIP section. Um, the Des- Jardin section, which is, is pretty popular. That's where you get the free food or the foods included in your ticket. Um, and some of those luxury boxes are going to be removed and they're going to be replaced with this whole premium area 
includes a, a plush seating and a bar and a, and a buffet. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it's uh, the price on that is $19,000 a seat. Um, and if you want one, you can't have one. You have to buy a minimum of four. A minimum of four wow. at nineteen thousand a piece. That went out, and and so okay, I understand the marketing people are in your ear saying, you know, we got we're we're, we're trying to promote next year, uh, so you can't you can't signal an end to the season. Um, but again, somebody with 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 some sense has to say, no, please, we. <laughs> We want Shea Weber around for a very long yeah. time. Uh, we can't risk this. And, and when you say that somebody should probably step in, I mean, ideally that would be the head coach who would make that decision and say, you know what, maybe this this shouldn't be. Maybe Shea Weber should not be out there this soon after a four to six week prognosis on an injury, uh, regardless of whether or not they dodged a bullet. Or you know, you want that to heal properly before he gets back out there and plays again. And Claude Julian, as you said, he uh, he had himself a week with uh, first the fine um, uh, for criticizing officials, saying the Montreal Canadiens were playing against two teams in the officials and the Dallas Stars. Uh, and then, you know, obviously uh, a disappointing result uh, against the Detroit Red Wings and saying things like, I can't put my skates on and do it for him. And uh, then, to top it all off, against the Washington Capitals, he uh, he scratched Arturi Lekkanen. And uh, that was a really interesting move. And obviously this time, I mean, whenever something like that happens, your first thought is, well, is this for a trade? Or, well, no, not exactly. He said that Arturi Lekkanen is capable of more. And that, you know, he's been a solid two-way player, but we've seen that he can put up some points, score some goals, and he's not doing that right now. This, of course, uh, you know, uh, Claude Julian saying this, but his teammates didn't seem to agree with that. And you have to think that this week, the things that he is saying, the, the ways that he is sort of carrying himself in this frustration that is this season, um, is it? safe to assume that this week could be maybe the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of where Montreal goes next season for a head coach, maybe a a change behind the bench for the Montreal Canadiens. I don't, I don't see any, I mean, Canadian Montreal Canadiens are don't necessarily do things the way other organizations do. uh, But I don't see any way that Claude Julien can coach this team next year I, I, in, yeah. unless they're they're thinking that the summer is going to heal uh time is going to heal all wound kind of kind of attitude but the kinds of things that he has said um about about individual players about his team that you, you know um his he was frustrated obviously and and yeah. he has said before that you know that his team doesn't um doesn't play the way they practice. Um, and he was, you know, Arpan Basu asked him, just started getting into the issue of communication. Um, and Julian just snapped, cut him off and said, I know where you're going with this. I know what you're insinuating about communication. 
Um, and then, you know, uh, his, his whole thing, I've, I've told them, I've shown them, um, uh, what do you want me to do? I can't go out there uh, and put on my skates and do it for them. Um, paraphrasing, of course, that, yeah, that I've seen a lot of ex players saying that's about, uh, the worst thing that you can say to your, your, your locker room. That's, that's that really has cemented that divide between Julian and his players. Um, and, and then when you start, start making decisions uh, that are kind of out left field and, and really puzzle your own players. And Phil Deneau said, Leckie shouldn't ever be scratched. He's important for us. He's very valuable. He's great on the, the PK. He's a big player. Um, Gallagher said, you know, um, we, we all know what he brings. He's, 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 uh, one of the hardest working players on the team. He's a 200 foot player. Um, and, and when they're openly questioning the decisions of the coach and, and it was a bizarre decision. There's, there's other players who, um, are, you know, on some sort of, uh, drought, uh, um, offensively, um, and who look like they don't care either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, that can't be, that can't be uh, um, attributed to, to a player like Lekkonen. He works hard all the time. And the only, you know, uh, that's why everybody was speculating. It has to be trade related. Um, or maybe it's about featuring um, um, players and, 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 you know, let's let's see if that turns out. To, I'm still willing to give Julian the the benefit of the doubt. Um, he said this was a a reward for Wheel and a reward for Cousins, who've been playing so well. Now, if if Wheel and Cousins are gone, uh, are traded at the trade deadline, and this was all about showcasing them, fine, <laughs> I'm okay with this. Yeah. Although I yeah. mean, you know, you could have picked somebody else, um, but. Um, this, this is, a this has been unraveling for Claude Julian. Um, he's obviously frustrated, but, uh, to start distancing himself from his players, that's when you know that the coach is in real trouble. Um, and you know, under normal circumstance, I understand they don't like to, to fire a coach on the road when, uh, when, when a team comes back home, that's when you would, uh, and fire the coach. Now this happens to coincide with the trade deadline. So maybe that doesn't happen, but, um, he's on, I would say very thin ice. Yeah. And, and the one thing that I kind of noted, and, and I, and I said this to you was even though there are those who, are still detractors of Arturi Lekkanen, and, and there may ne- they may never understand the things that Arturi Lekkanen brings to this team. The response that I saw on social media was very much pro Lekkanen, and that is a contrast to what we saw last year when people were asking, well, why is this guy out there all the time? He can't hit the net. He can't score. He can't, you know. Like, there was a very, you know, a, a sort of a negative reaction to Arturi Lekkanen last season that right now, in the midst of a very difficult season, people are starting to appreciate the things that our tree like brings like the energy, like the penalty killing. And I mean, you can't really say that he hasn't been producing for you offensively. He's, he's been putting up some, you know, some good numbers as well. So to me, it's very telling when you see that not only are his teammates surprised, but now 
for a guy last year that had a lot of criticism thrown his direction. Uh, I've seen positive, you know, the Lekkonen comments saying, well, why is he scratched? This doesn't make any sense. So that is, I mean, I'm, I'm both on two fronts, both the players and some fans as well, who were a little bit confused as to why our Trey Lekkonen was the one that was the healthy scratch. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think you're right in saying that Claude Julien may be on thin ice here. And um, we'll see how that uh, unwinds towards the offseason. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned it, the trade deadline coming up. As I said, there was some speculation when our trade Lekkonen was scratched that it could be trade-related. Perhaps even him being scratched was to showcase some other players. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to discuss the uh, trade deadline and, and all the trades that have already happened that could make for uh, a fairly uneventful trade deadline day. Uh, so stay with us here on the Canadian Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. And we're going to talk about the trade deadline because that's coming up on Monday. And uh, it has been an eventful week for some trades, some player movement that's gone on. And looks like general managers wanting to get their work done early. Don't want to be waiting to the last minute on trade deadline day. Um, but, yeah, we threw out the question of the week, which I'll mention just right now before we get into this. Uh, who is on your list of Habs players to be traded by the deadline. Um, so we threw that out on social media. We're going to get to your responses in the third segment. But before we get there, we're going to give our um, sort of reaction to the week that is, you know, the week that was in terms of the player movement that we've seen, the trades that we've seen, and 
it is is leaving a lot uh, or not leaving very much rather for trade deadline day itself because man the GMs as I said are getting their work done early and this includes Mark Bergevin who uh, who moved Marco Scandella to St. Louis uh, for a second in 2020 and a conditional fourth in 2021 and if you remember he acquired him in January for a fourth in this year's draft so I mean that is a that's a good bit of business you know acquiring a guy getting something out of him and then you know you flip him for a second round pick no argument there that's that's a a nice trade Um, and they followed that up with the AHL transaction they traded Phil Verone and Riley Barber to Pittsburgh for Joseph Landisi and Jacob Lucchini Um, so what was your reaction to uh, to those two trades? Well, I think going in, um, you know, the uh, it's kind of a no brainer that uh, in a given that that uh, the Canadians are sellers, uh, and there should be no question about that. Um, that that getting rid of your pending uh, unrestricted free agents is uh, that's that's automatic. That should be done. Um, and then look at, at ways of, of um, augmenting that with, with some of the fringe players and then maybe look at some hockey trades as well. Um, so Marco Scandella, um, um, you know, unrestricted free agent, um, and uh, he was um, – th- that was, as I said, kind of an automatic thing. Uh, and, and it was a good trade uh, turning the, the uh, fourth round that was spent – um, um, into a, into a second round. I guess the only um, caution I'll have is that, that I see a lot of, I, I see that um, the word fleece being used and, uh, yeah. you know, Bergeron, you know, oh, he fleeced him. He, he got a second rounder for a fourth. Um, and, and it's a, it's, it's a way of artificially promoting Bergeron and disparaging the other GM. First of all, it, you can't compare the market at the beginning of January to the market now. It's all about supply yeah. and demand when you're making trades. Um, you know, uh, try and, and, and uh, buy a respirator now for the same price that prevents coronavirus that, 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 that you could at January 1st. It's all about yeah. supply and demand. And to disparage the, the other GM... Um, in this case, the St. Louis GM for uh, spending too much. No, uh, um, Bowmeister is hurt. They needed um, uh, a defenseman. Um, they had some uh, long-term injury relief money to spend. Scandella fit that in a way, um, and 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 it was it was leveraged very well uh, by Doug Armstrong in in, in St. Louis. Um, the piece of this that the people that people forget is that the Canadians retain half of the salary. So $2 million, the Canadians are paying uh, a a prorated portion, but, but, but $2 million of the salary. Now that, that uh, $2 million um, at, 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 for the, the uh, St. Louis blues prorated that allows them to do some things. Uh, You know, that's, and and this goes back to uh, for me, and 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 um, you you see the point where um, uh, Joel Armia. When we talk about Joel Armia, oh Joel Armia, uh, Bergevin fleeced uh, Kevin Chevel Dayoff um, 
because he traded uh, Armia for um, Simone Bork. Well, that isn't what happened. <laughs> that isn't what happened yeah. at all. Uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff, I at the time, and many Jets uh, commentators said he made a brilliant trade because he was in a salary uh, um, uh, a cap problem. Um, he had to free up some salary, um, and he got rid of a player they'd like to keep if they had the luxury, but, but they had many other players like Joel Armia, uh, a player that was not part of their future. And they had this big problem called Steve Mason, and they yep. found Mark Bergevin to take on the big issue that was Steve Mason because they were looking at a, a, a $4.1 million salary for the course of two years, $8 million in salary that they didn't have the cap space for. Um, Mark Bergevin took that on uh, and bought him out. So uh, let's, let's not forget that, that that extended over two years. And this year on this cap, this season, who, who talks about Steve Mason? We've all forgotten about Steve Mason, but the Montreal Canadiens are, have on their cap $1.4 million approximately um, in cap space they can't use because of the buyout to Steve Mason. Um, so uh, again, let's, let's, yes, it's, it's in, in the Jets situation, that was a good trade for both teams. In, in this situation with Scandella, uh, good, good trade for, for the Canadians, uh, good trade for the Blues. So let's put away all of this nonsense about one GM fleecing the other just because we're trying to, you know, uh, promote our own. Yeah. And, and, you know, for Doug Armstrong, I mean, he was in a situation where you could not have possibly imagined uh, what happened to Jay Bomeister happening. So to get anybody to play left shot defenseman, play on the left side, you know, that that in and of itself is, is a good bit of business for him, uh, given the circumstances that surrounded uh, Jay Bomeister's injury. Um so let, let me, with that, uh, you, t- you yeah. mentioned one other twi- trade and let me just take the other side yes, of, yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because if, if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, are you saying today that the Penguins fleeced Mark Bergevin <laughs> in the hugely lopsided trade? Um, I mean, with all due respect to Joseph Blandesi and Jacob Lucchini, um, they're, they're, they're spare parts. They're, they're, they're Swiss Army knife players, as as was said to us, and 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 we'll have a a, a bit of a, a, a more on them and and more about the trade on from the press box on Tuesday, but they're 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 nowhere in and and I know these aren't household names, but they're nowhere in 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 the 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 same universe as Riley Barber and Phil Verone, a Barber, oh, yeah. a perennial thirty goal guy, sixty point guy. Um, AHL vet, uh, Verone, uh, a couple of seasons ago, 70 point season, the league MVP. And, and, and you, this is what you get back for it. But Mark Bergevin had a problem. He has a problem with Joel Bouchard, who, um, is, is adjusting to being, um, a pro coach. He's still using his, his methods that he used with, with, you know, when he was in junior hockey and, and he's, he's adjusting. Um, and it's not going over well with some players. Um, so he had to move in a hurry um, to very good AHL veterans. Uh, and he, you know, um, and he took a loss. 
Um, okay, well, th- this is the same kind of situation um, where it, where it benefited Bergevin to protect his his uh, young coach, um, inexperienced coach, and uh, and took a loss on the on the player differential. Um, so again, let's 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 bring some some grounded reality to uh, the analysis of these trades. Yeah. So. And I think that's a very important thing to say at this time of year, just generally, because <laughs> mo- more often than not, you do get that, that discussion on whatever trade it is. Um, but yeah, as we approach the trade deadline, obviously there's still some names of the Montreal Canadians that uh, are on the tip of the tongues of a lot of Montreal Canadians fans at this moment in time. Uh, first and foremost, probably Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, given the fact that the Montreal Canadians picked him up off the scrap heap when no one else was really interested in any of the Kovalchuk services. And given the way that he's performed, he's got some trade value. Now, Nate Thompson, a veteran fourth line centerman who could help out a playoff team. Perhaps he's somebody that you look at as most likely uh, going to be on the move come Monday. And then there's, there's guys like Jeff Petrie and Tomas Tatar who, yeah, it's it's probably, I mean, I, I could see why you might be reluctant to move them, but given the market value, uh, or given the market right now, I think that you you almost have to move those guys, given they have the year of control that most teams would, would really covet in this in this scenario. And given what we're going to be talking about in a couple of minutes, uh, Blake Coleman going to the Tampa Bay Lightning for a prospect like Nolan Foote, I mean, this is something that you, I think you have to at least sort of go down that avenue a little bit before Monday's deadline. And just to get to the, to the easy ones first. And, and yeah. I know for some people, uh, they're not even easy. I expect, I expect yeah. we'll see that in, in the comments uh, to our question of the week, but uh, um, Kovalchuk, yes, people have fallen in love with Ilya Kovalchuk and, and their little love story that's playing out and, 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 you know, as it was really cute seeing him with his kids on the community yeah. rink, and and he and he's saying all the right things that that he loves the city and and so on. Um, but uh, Ilya Kovalchuk is not going to sign for seven hundred thousand dollars again. Um, and and Darren Drager had put out that um, you're looking at with bonuses and everything, probably a base seller at three point five with bonuses and everything, probably five million dollars. Um, that that you're looking at is 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 that really does does that kind of um, player fit and and who who knows if he'll take a a year long contract or if he wants two or three um, is that really what you want um, and fit into the the youth movement and uh, that that the Canadians have going no of course not um, don't uh, and the other part of it is you know I, I don't I don't the Canadians are a media machine um, and all of this stuff that they're putting out about wanting to keep uh, Ilya Kovalchuk. I don't know whether to take that as fact or not. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, part of it is just uh, managing um, the, the asset and, 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 and we talked about supply and demand and, and, if you're a GM and figuring you're getting a player that Montreal wants to keep, or why do they want to keep them? Uh, you get more interested. You know, there's, there's, there's gamesmanship that happens, showmanship that happens uh, around this trade deadline. And, and 
I think there's part of it. Of course, they, they like what he's initially, but, but let's be honest, Ilya Kovalchuk has dropped off. He's hit a wall. Um, yeah. He hasn't, uh, nothing on the board for the, the last six games. His, his time on ice has dropped to about 15, 16 minutes. Um, there, there are going to be those times during, if you keep them next season or the season after. Um, so yes, of course you have to, I would be happy with a third round pick. Some are saying, um, you can get as high as, as, as a second. Um, but if you wait till the, the very last minute, are suitors starting to drop off? Um, we saw Bruins make a very good trade. I thought a very good trade for Kasha. Um, and uh, are they now out? Is Don Sweeney now out on? Because they were uh, apparently very interested in Kovalchuk. Um, yeah. You know, Nate Thompson. Nate Thompson's another guy. Everybody loves Nate. Uh, fans love Nate. Uncle Nate. The, the players love Nate. This this will be his third. He's likely going to be trading. This will be the third deadline in a row. And and you know, there's this. You know, uh, he can be effective on your fourth line. He can win important faceoffs. He can play in the penalty kill. He has that reputation. But you know, you drill down on the stats and and um, uh, worst possession numbers on the team and and um, most goals uh, uh, four per sixty. Uh, right right with uh, Jordan wheel on that. Um, so, you know, there's so many other players that can be filling in on that, that fourth line. And, and uh, we love Nate and, and just appreciate what he's done and, and wish him well, uh, you get a fourth round or a fifth round pick for him and, and, uh, and move on. Those are the, as I said before, the no brainers that the ones that yeah. you mentioned that the Tara and Petrie are the more interesting ones. Yeah. Um, Really interesting. Tatar has been pretty consistent um, and uh, would be, I think, highly valued for some team out there. Um, uh, a Colorado, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Petrie as well. Carolina would be very interested in him. Um, these these ones would be really interesting. The first kind of pushback you get, let's say on on Petrie, you hear, well, who's going to replace him? Who's going to play those 20 minutes next year? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. He played, he played all of this season, and the Canadians are, what, 23rd in the National Hockey League, and they're missing the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, after next year, you're going to have to come into a very difficult decision as far as, as the um, – um, uh, offering him another contract and, and uh, what's he going to, what's he going to require? And then you have to protect him in the expansion draft. And I don't, I don't know that, that, you know, that outweighs what you could, the haul that you get now for him yeah. um, versus next year when, when he's approaching unrestricted free agency, there, there'd be no comparison. Same applies for, for Tatar. Um I, I don't I don't know I I I'm with you on this I I I think that that um, uh, Mark Bergevin has to to be open and listen to all offers and take advantage of this uh, of of other teams overpaying or the 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 high prices that are going in the market we've seen so far. 
Yeah, and and the one thing that I'll add to that, and I think that you were correct in pointing out, well, the the conversation that surrounds the fact, well, if you trade Petrie, who's going to replace him? Also, I mean, he had a career year last year. Tomas Tatar had a career year last year. Both look like they're going to set career highs again this year or at least come close to those career highs. But, okay, so not only this season, but what did those two guys have career years get you last season? got you 96 points and he didn't play hockey into late April, May, or June. So at the end of the day, you've had the highest level of success that you could probably get out of those two guys. I think it's time where you, you look at other avenues, you look at other pieces that could potentially help you out. And if you can get a package like we've seen that has been, you know, that have been going around for a guy like Tomas Tatar, a guy like Jeff Petrie, I think, I think you have to take the money and run. I think it's just it's, you're at that point right now with the Montreal Canadiens that you approach this trade deadline with the open mindset that, you know what, aside from a handful of guys, I think that we need to look at maybe just trying to just change this roster in, in you know, big ways that, you know, for guys like Tatar and Jeff Petrie, perhaps even listening on a Max Domi, who knows? I mean, those would be, those would be things that I think you have to be open-minded about headed towards the deadline. But as you said, the and, packages, and, yeah. And I just, uh, the, the other dynamic of this is I think, um, you know, Mar- obviously Mark Bergevin is under, we talked about Claude Julien being uh, under pressure. Obviously Mark Bergevin, this similar um, um, scenario applies to Mark Bergevin on thin ice and, and uh, fans are up, upset with him and calling for him to be, um, um, uh, fired. Um, so does Mark Bergevin act differently if he doesn't have that pressure? Um, you know, I, I, I think if you weren't worried about your job, you might go ahead and, and trade um, uh, Petrie and Tatar um, this trade deadline uh, because it likely means that, that you're in tough for making the playoffs next year. If, if Mark Bergevin is worried about not making the playoffs next year uh, again and worried about his job, th- this whole thing is protecting um, um, Tatar and, and, uh, and Petrie is, is, a, is a measure of self-preservation kind of thing. It's, it's, it's yeah. looking after himself. Um, and, and the other thing, I, I don't think I, I – I, I don't like hearing that Mark Bergevin was saying no. We we heard that the Penguins had inquired about Max Domi and were given a hard no. There wasn't even uh, like an opening um, that just that he wasn't available. I hope that that's changed. Um, and, you know, I, I, Domi was probably uh, the type of player that's traded um, at the at the draft rather than the, the uh, trade deadline. But um, I I don't. I, 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 you know, Domi would be a player that uh, would be ripe for a move as well. Um, yeah. And, and I don't like hearing the Mark Bergevin is saying absolutely no to that. Yeah. And with the type of, you know, packages that are being thrown around the, the market right now is just, it is just insane, quite frankly. It is a seller's market for sure. And when you look at it, you mentioned the Andre Kasha trade to the Boston Bruins. Yeah, they take on the Anaheim Ducks, took on David Backus, but you also get Axel Anderson and a 2020 first-round pick. You look at Brendan Dillon, and obviously you might have seen the clip of Brendan Dillon did, you know, was, was 
pretty emotional. Didn't want to be moved out of San Jose. Liked his situation, but I mean, they they move Brendan Dillon to the Washington Capitals for a 2022nd and a conditional 2021 third round pick. And then you move on to Dylan DeMello going to the Jets for a 2023rd. That was a nice move by Winnipeg. And I know you really like that move as well. Uh, Blake mm-hmm. Coleman, as I mentioned, going to Tampa Bay for Nolan Foote and a first-round pick. And then Jason Zucker, we talked about that one last week for Galchenyuk, Kale and Addison, who was a really nice player at the World Juniors, and a first as well. Um, it's been a, you know, the trades that we've seen, I mean, it's it's going to make for maybe a uneventful Monday with teams getting their their deals done early. But I mean, which trades out of those? I, I mentioned that you liked the Dylan DeMello one, and so did Paul Maurice, by the way, with the with the quote of the week, <laughs> <laughs> saying that watching uh, Dylan DeMello play out there was like uh, coaches porn. Um, so yeah, bring bring back that segment, the quote of the week. But I mean, you have to look at some of these some of these uh, pr- uh, p- prices that teams were paying for guys, and when Montreal's been linked to the likes of Jake Bean on Carolina who was a really nice looking prospect. And then, you know, there's conversation about Mark Bergevin in Colorado with maybe Ryan Graves or Samuel Girard and then Pittsburgh with, with Samuel Poulin. I mean, you have got some names out there and if Montreal Canadians could get any, any of those guys, I think that you have to at least think of the possibility of unloading a guy that you might have, you know, uh, some control over like a Tomas Tatar or a Jeff Petrie. There are some really nice moves out there. Uh, as you said, the the Jets made uh, two kind of sneaky good kind of trades. Uh, didn't give up a lot. Um, I, you have to the the Blake Coleman to Tampa Bay, the the uh, Pittsburgh, uh, and it seems a long time ago now. But the Jason yeah. Zucker, uh, that was exactly uh, the kind of. Uh, player they needed and 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 yes there's there's those and and the the boston one is is uh one i liked as well but um yeah which it pains me to say but uh you know you said about players getting uh emotional um and 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 not necessarily um you know uh, being excited about being traded uh but then they get the new team and realize that they're in a playoff hunt um, if anyone, <laughs> I, I know that, that, um, a lot's made of Marco Scandella and, uh, he was happy to be, um, in his, his hometown playing at the bell center. It was a dream come true. Um, his mom came to every home game and that was big for him. Um, and, and, and okay. But if you watch that interview, he did the first day um at in, after St. Louis practice you could not wipe the grin off of that guy's face <laughs> he was absolutely thrilled to be in St. Louis and he kept saying it over and over and over again um how happy he was um so you know uh, uh the emotion well uh okay but um th- these are hockey players they know it's uh, yeah it's a business, and especially when they get a chance to compete for the cup, uh, that's that's uh, probably more meaningful to uh, Mr. Scandella than than his mom coming yeah. to his home games. Yeah, and I mean, also when you think of the situations that Marco Scandella has been in this year, he went from Buffalo, which just there's just something that's not quite right in Buffalo, to Montreal, 
and now he goes to the defending cup champions. I think everyone's going to be happy with that. And as I mentioned, Brendan Dillon, he's, he's just a, a well-liked guy. So he was somebody that probably grew attached to his teammates. He didn't want to leave those guys behind, but I'm sure now that he's in Washington, Washington is a great place to be uh, if you're a, if you're a hockey player. So he's probably uh, really happy right about now. Um, but yeah, um, so, yeah. And, and I'll just mention uh, the other, the other opportunity here, um, for uh, there, there's a real opportunity to get a lot of assets back um, because yes. of the prices, as you said. But Bergevin has another opportunity. Uh, we know he has a, 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 a pension for, for going after fringe players. He has an opportunity to clean some of those out because uh, they might have some value to uh, playoff-bound teams. And, and the players I'm talking about are a Dale Weiss or a Jordan Wheeler or a Nick Cousins or a Christian Folan, those kinds, those kinds of players, which, um, you know, he, he might be able to get uh, something back for, for those. Uh, the other, the other category I would say is, um, um, you know, I owe you <laughs> the, I owe, yeah. I owe you category. <laughs> Um, boy, it'd be, it would be nice to see Charles Zudon get a, a, a new opportunity. Um, he's, he's doing great things for Lavelle, and I know if they go on a playoff run, they'd, they'd love to have him. But um, just as, as a person, uh, I think he's really hoping for a, a new opportunity somewhere else and, and maybe a chance to get to the NHL, and I'd, I'd really like to see that for him. You know, maybe Charlie Lindgren fits into that category as well, uh, as he has yeah. another uh, year left on his contract. And if the Canadians didn't use him very much this year, um, you know, what what's his future like? So, um, the the trade deadline might be an opportunity to to uh, do uh, some some nice things for guys who yeah. have put their heart and soul into this uh, this franchise. Absolutely, and. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get the opinion of uh, the lovely listeners who have shared their thoughts towards the trade deadline with our question of the week being thrown on social media. Who was on your list of Habs players to be traded by the deadline? So we're going to get to that question of the week after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. 
Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And before we get to the responses in our question of the week, um, we're going to just queue up the games for tonight's game. I mean, you have the Montreal Canadiens playing the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Carey Price, um, he's looking forward to, uh, well, he's going to be starting again tonight. And then you have uh, the Toronto Marlies playing the Laval Rocket in just uh, an hour's time. So, couple of games tonight here uh, for the AHL report and all halves. But, yeah, Carey Price playing, uh, what, 15 out of 16 games. And Carl Aldner, uh, as I mentioned, used the emergency uh, recall last night. So, I mean, some, some storylines headed into tonight's game for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, Xavier Willette out with the concussion. Uh, Victor Mata dealing with the foot injury. And so uh, Carl Aldner into service and and couldn't be happier for him um carl alsner um who many habs fans like to dump on but um you know you can't um um you, you can't take anything away from from how much of a pro he's been uh in laval um he's he's been he's been great on the ice and and uh and you know being a mentor to the the younger players flurry last year uh brooke this year um and and others um uh, but off the ice um all the players talk about how what a, a positive influence he's been he could have uh, you know uh, taken this poorly but um he's very positive and when we've interviewed him he's always been very positive um and uh, uh you know wants to wants to help he he wants to be back in the NHL and and he he said that um uh, i don't i don't think there's any confusion there uh but he understands uh the the role and um and this is this is great for him. Um, and and if you want to to hear what uh, his teammates say about him, and um, um, also uh, Joe Bouchard had some very complimentary things to say about him. Um, head on over to AHL dot report and uh, look for last night's uh, Laval um, uh, game recap. Uh, uh, that's Chris G and, and uh, Amy Johnson with the coverage there and, and the uh, audio. Um, and uh, they all had very, very good things to say about Carl Alsner and, and good that, um, that he got his chance. Carrie Price is, is, this is, yeah, 15th of, of 16 games. As said. Um, we saw that uh, this week he 
recorded his 25th win of the season. Um, and that ties uh, another re- uh, record for, for Carey Price, ties Ken Dryden and Jacques Plante for the most 25-win seasons. Uh, this in a season that uh, hasn't gone um, that well uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, but still Carey Price has been uh, been solid. And, and, uh, um, and again, um, you know, leading the league in terms of, of starts and uh, – yeah. You know, Brian Wild, um, when when it was announced that he was starting, Brian Wild uh, uh, tweeted that, um, you know, uh, this this borders on lunacy, um, risking, uh, when the games are meaningless, risking any kind of injury to uh, uh, your number one franchise asset. And uh, I, 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 as we said with Shea Weber, we don't understand that. We don't understand the workload management uh, with respect to uh, carry price either. Yeah. And this is, it's getting to that point now where you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, what are we doing with carry price playing him in these games at this juncture at this point in time? And it doesn't, it just doesn't really make much sense. But to your point on Carl Alsner, the one thing that I'll add to that, I mean, the Montreal Canadiens defense has been bad all season long. And I, I can't, fathom why they didn't at some point say well you know what we got a guy with 682 career nhl games down in the minors why don't we see what he's got maybe maybe he's got something left in the tank i understand people don't like the contract carl alzner didn't offer himself that contract folks okay there was someone that that mark bergevin offered him that contract he signed it i don't really you can't blame the player for that he's not been given many opportunities to prove that he's worth that contract um so i think that he's he's he deserves this opportunity, and I'm happy that even on an emergency basis, he is back up in the NHL. Um, Do we remember who's yeah. been in the lineup this season? <laughs> yeah, is, some is, names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whether, whether it's Fullen yeah. or, or or Riley or Olison or Leskinen or uh, I mean, it's it's um, yeah. Of course, of course, Alsner deserves a chance. Um, particularly when, when, um, you know, there's, there's nothing really to lose at stake here. Yeah. Um, so we'll look forward to tonight and, uh, see what happens in that game against the Ottawa senators. And as I said, as well, the AHR reports got you covered for the uh, Marley's at Laval rocket and I'll, uh, puck will drop in about an hour's time. But, uh, Rick, before we go, We'll get to the responses to the question of the week, uh, which was once again, who is on your list of Habs players to be traded by the deadline? And uh, we've got some responses here. We'll start off with uh, Amy Johnson, our friend Amy Johnson, who says, everyone is an option. Sell big, sell often. Listen to any reasonable offer. Make real improvements, not more temporary Band-Aids. And yeah, I think that's been a struggle for any trade that Mark Bergevin has made, where it just appears as though he's not really making an improvement. He's just kind of moving laterally to try to, you know, get something that will, you know, potentially help them out, but doesn't ever really work out all that well. Um, anyways, Chris G, our friend Chris G says, must trade Kovalchuk, Wheel, Thompson, Weiss, Folan, Cousins. And he says he's running out of room. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, beyond that, we have Sam Gerber who says, Kovalchuk, Kulak, Cousins, Weiss, Thompson, You've got to trade those guys to Tar and Lekkinen if someone overpays. Expecting Habs to use their draft picks and depth players to get an elite player or move up the top 10 in the draft, which uh, that would be a good plan. As I said a couple of weeks ago, I think that 
moving any moving Tatar and Petrie, that'll give you about eight million dollars in cap space that you can use. You have a lot of flexibility and a lot of assets. Um, we have Matt who says trade price, and we did see that idea was floated around oh, uh, by Mike Kelly <laughs> to do another trade. <laughs> he got trade shot down a, pretty quick, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, another trade. I don't think Montreal is going to be trading any goaltenders to Colorado anytime soon. That is a fresh wound. I don't think anyone is going to be uh, doing that. Um, but yeah, it's it's the idea. I think is that they should probably move on from guys on the one-year terms. Uh, maybe a Nick Cousins. That's a guy that we didn't talk about before, but maybe he's a guy that you move on from as well. Um, but yeah, general generally, it seems as though people are in agreement that Nate Thompson and Ilya Kovalchuk are guys that probably should be headed out the door, and then there's a little bit more. Uh, conversation that surrounds Tomas Tatar and Jeff Petrie, as we sort of expected. But uh, Rick, what is Facebook saying? If you want to join the conversation on Facebook, uh, look for All Habs, all one word, uh, the All Habs fan page on Facebook, and uh, you can join with uh, over 40,000 other um, dedicated uh, Canadians fans uh, who always, no matter what we put on uh, the uh the board, they always give us uh, a wide variety of answers, and, and we're, getting those, uh, we're getting those again. Um, Charlie Gwindon says, uh, Petrie, Sherratt, Cousins, and Druin to start. Uh, that would be a nice start for Charlie. Yeah. Uh, Rob Johnston says, does it really matter for this perennial non-playoff team? They have no number one or two centers. Uh, maybe two top six wingers, uh, no real top four D-men. Um, so he's just, uh, I think he's hes not very happy with anybody. Uh, Gus Calvin says uh, Weber, Petrie, and Kovalchuk. Uh, Weber's going nowhere. Um, Michael Sabol says uh, Deno to the Avs for a 2021 uh, first rounder. All right. Um Brian Soner says, whomever goes, they will be disappointed, just as Scandella was the other day, although we kind of debunked that a bit. It's an yeah. honor to wear the, the, the Canadian's jersey, and it's a very tight-knit group of men who enjoy being around each other. I'll be surprised if anything major goes down. Um, so he's, he's seeing um, uh, uh, very little activity, but I don't think it's because, you know, this is a group of buddies who want to stay together. Um, th- these players are, as we said with Scandella, happy to move on yeah. and, and have a, a chance. Um, and Spence McAvera says, not Kovalchuk. Don't you dare. Again, another person who has uh, come under the spell of uh, Kovalchuk and, uh, and doesn't want to see him go. Um, we have a, this is an email from our dear friend Dino, uh, Le Petit Bill. Uh, salute, greetings. I should not be speculating, but here goes. Our new general manager, now this is, this is good, uh, and I think this follows a, an earlier email when he was saying that um, he wants to see Bergevin uh, fired and replaced by uh. Trevor Timmons. So he <laughs> said our new general manager, Trevor Timmons, um, we'll be sending our friend uh, number 92 to the Quebec Nordique West, uh, that being Colorado, uh, yeah. to re- reunite him with 
his QMJHL buddy and line mate, Nathan McKinnon. If this cannot shake Duran into a real player, nothing will. Pardon me for the rumors and for speculating. I guess I thought I was a journalist for Sportsnet, RDS, TSN, TVA. Uh, <laughs> enjoy the day. Uh, so that's, that's a fun email. Speaking of questions, um, now this isn't our question. Um, and I mentioned TV on a minute ago, uh, but we have a minute here and, and um, yeah. there's there all the talk about Julian leaving and our, our friends at TV asked, who would you like to replace Claude Julian? Um, and I thought it was fascinating because TV, okay, maybe, maybe that's a, you know, a, a, a specified kind of target audience. Number one, 30% of the responses, and this is uh, 4,400 votes, significant, uh, statistically yeah. significant, actually. Um, 30%, over 30%, Gerard Gallant, um, who, yeah. don't let the name fool you, um, uh, isn't very uh, bilingual. And uh, no. so I thought that was, was fascinating that, uh, it kind of breaks that myth that um, that uh, is out there by the media. They they mostly promote it. Uh, must have a uh, a coach who can communicate in French. Not so much says uh, the TVR uh, listening audience. Uh, Bob Hartley next. Um, Dom Descharm, Patrick Waugh in there with a solid eleven percent. Uh, and way down the list is Joel Bouchard with uh, just 7%, just 300 votes. So yeah. I thought that was a, a fascinating, not our, our question. Um, I think our question of the week's better, but uh, I just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> given that we were talking about uh, Claude Julien being on uh, thin ice earlier in the show. It, it was It is a very interesting um interesting poll, and to see that is, you know, from TVA, based in Quebec, I mean, that is that is staggering that people are would be open to that given what we hear that you know you need to have a french speaking coach french speaking gm and and obviously this is just a poll it might not mean anything long term but man it does tell you that people would be open to that possibility potentially and gerard gallant's a guy i mean obviously you can't question the uh the resume what he did with the inaugural season vegas golden knights Personally, I, I thought that it was, you know, um, it was a tough move for them to fire to fire him when they did. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I mean, um, if for him to be available right now and and being a former assistant coach of the Montreal Canadiens um, certainly wouldn't uh, go unappreciated to have a guy like Gerard Gallant behind the bench for the Montreal Canadiens. Good PEI boy, by the way. I, I appreciate it. anyone from Atlantic <laughs> Canada. And by the way, you you are bilingual if you're from Atlantic Canada because you speak English and wherever you come from, there's that specific uh, <laughs> dialect. Uh, yeah. A different dialect. I would say it's a different language, but I mean, uh, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it, it was it's very interesting though, and uh, certainly worth uh, worth a look if you haven't seen it already. Um, but Rick, yes, uh, we will uh, sign off for another week, and when we come back next week. The trade deadline will have come and gone, and uh, maybe we'll be having a conversation about some trades that Mark Bergevin made or, or didn't make, and uh, it'll be a, an interesting interesting conversation next Saturday, uh, depending on how all things turn out on Monday. Well, and also make sure to listen into from the press box uh, on Tuesday yes. because uh, 
we'll have kind of a fresh reaction, at least how the trade deadline impacts uh, the, the Laval rocket. And as we know that uh, there can be big impacts on, on uh, the AHL team um, at the trade deadline. And, and um, because the Laval rocket are, are still in their seventh in the North division, but still very yep. much in the, the playoff hunt. Uh, and they've got a game coming up uh, in about 45 minutes. Uh, check out our AHL crew. Um, Chris uh, G is on site in Laval. Amy uh, Johnson will be um, tweeting about the game. And um, it's uh, the Laval Rocket versus the Toronto Marlies uh, goalie matchup of Caden Primo versus Michael Hutchinson. Uh, so make sure that you're you're following along there. Just And then stay with the... Uh, uh, Rocket Sports crew, because we'll have all the coverage of the Senators and the Canadians uh, that tonight. Yep, certainly follow along on social media for all that coverage. And as Rick mentioned, from the press box will be uh, recorded on Tuesday, and you can find this podcast along with from the press box and all your favorite podcast platforms, including Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, we're proud here on Rocket Sports Radio to have two podcasts produced and hosted by credential journalists. Um, so Rick, we'll say goodbye for another week and, uh, we will talk next week at 1 PM Eastern, 2:30 Newfoundland time about all things, Montreal Canadians and the trade deadline. Thank you for tuning in here to the Canadians connection podcast on rocket sports radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadians, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.